What is up everybody? Mr. International here on a Sunday night and I'm feeling alright. Had my Vietnamese coffee earlier today. Fairly relaxing Sunday. And uh, I thought I would continue to what I like to call part two of my discussion about my former friend, Jason. Uh, because the story has evolved since I talked to you guys last on Friday. And uh, we've actually had a volley of back and forth messages on Facebook uh, so let me fill you in. To recap, uh, Jason is this kid that I knew from high school and we became friends throughout the years and, you know, he was one of these guys that was a really kind of like, I don't know, weird friend because he kind of used people and um, probably one of the most selfish motherfuckers I ever met. But, you know, when you're younger and you're growing up, you're just there for the ride as a friend and you don't really realize things because they're they're only aggregating gradually, right? Uh, you know, so but when you look at the totality of your friendship and the totality of one's behavior, and you can only really do that retrospectively, uh, you realize, okay, well, this is not a good person. So I was giving you some stories before in my last podcast, and I want to apologize first and foremost. I have to admit I was a little bit high, I think. <laughs> and I was rambling, rambling on and on and on. And with kind of directionless, because I hadn't really planned to go into it. So I'm going to recap a bit and add to the story so you can see this kind of guy. So, because um, I have a lot of lessons and I'm hoping some of you guys can take away from these lessons so you can, you know, discern for yourself who you keep in your circle of friends. Um, because your, your friends are really uh, a reflection of you. When you're younger, I don't really believe that to be true. Uh, because when you're younger, you know, say in your high school age, and maybe a little bit older than that, certainly younger than that, you're still trying to sort out your identity. Um, and your identity is also always evolving too. But you're trying to sort out who you are, and so at different points you're going to align with different kinds of people and different groups of friends. And I don't really believe they're depictive of you at the young age. I feel like in some regards, regards you're just trying to f figure out where you fit in. And you can't be faulted for that, right? So if you are trying to join the cool kids, and the cool kids are doing, you know, dumb things, uh, you know, like drinking and driving and doing dumb things like that, that doesn't mean you are one of them, okay? It just means that you're one of the, you know, you're with them for a minute, and hopefully you come to your senses and, you know, find a more palatable group. Um, so anyways, fast forward, I want to kind of recap some of the things this guy, Jason, in our quote-unquote friendship over the years has done. So you have a, a better picture of who he is. And also, to be fair, recap some of the great times we had too. So you can see why it's easy to be friends with certain people and in a way get lulled to sleep regarding, you know, keeping them in your circle or considering them a friend despite the shit they do. So I'm going to start, I'll be more chronological. My last one, my last podcast with you guys talking about him, I was kind of dancing back and forth in the timeline and it was probably kind of confusing for you guys. So to recap, I met him in high school, a bit of a weird guy, not a great decision maker. And he kind of always got by because his mom, you know, single mom, his mom was always uh, footing the bill for him, if you will, financially and otherwise. So he never had that push or that necessity, if you will, to kind of do better. So, you know, after high school, we remained friends. Um, I told you the story about once he 
it was supposed to pick me up to go to the casino, but instead he kept me waiting for over two, two and a half hours and went to the casino by himself uh, without me. Meanwhile, I was busy waiting for him and he never told me. He said he was coming over to get me. He never picked me up, um, which is like not cool. And there were no cell phones back then, by the way. Uh, and then, you know, as time go- went on, I still enjoyed talking with him. He, he was a lot of fun to talk with and hanging out with. We had a good time when we were together. But then it was mixed with these things where he would try to, you know, use me. Fast forward a bit of time. You know, we went to Miami when I was an undergrad. What does he do in Miami? Well, he decides to, um, you know, like make everybody wait for him for hours while he would get ready. uh, As though, you know, the whole trip revolved around him, even though he's one guy. Or, you know... Fast forward a little bit further, we both are living in Toronto, the same city at the same time in Toronto, and, you know, just little things, you know, like, we're not kids anymore, although not far from it, but we're not kids, and, you know, he didn't live far away from me, but, you know, the first time he came over to visit me, I think we went for a drive somewhere, and he wanted me to pay him gas money for coming to pick me up. Dude, I had my own fucking car. Like, who asks for gas money when you're in your 20s, when somebody lives, like, five, you know, 15 minutes away? So stupid little things like that, I didn't really think about until I just had enough. But that was another dumb thing he did. I won't even hold that against him. Um, But, you know, after, you know, MBA, I'd really like, or actually even during MBA, or maybe it was after, I don't remember. But I'd like, you know, I I used to have a lot of road anxiety from driving, especially in Toronto. People are just some of the worst drivers on the planet in Toronto. Almost as bad as LA. Maybe the worst, maybe even worse. I just had, I'd had like the worst road rage and like anxiety and I, you know, I just had a bad day and I remember calling him and I kind of just wanted to have a friend to chat with and hang out with on a Friday afternoon, you know, and have a drink or whatever. And what does he do? I go down and I go down and visit him hoping we could have a drink and chill because that's what he said we were going to do. And that sounded great to me after a rough day. And instead he wanted me to drive him all the way to like an hour and a half away to go drop off something in rush hour traffic on a Friday. And it's like, I just told you how bad I'm feeling about driving. And here you are trying to pressure me into driving you across town. <laughs> like that's how that, now that is the epitome of selfishness, isn't it? You know, it's kind of like somebody who's broke and you're asking them for money and on that point. Uh, not long after this guy, he never had a job. He, he never wanted to work. You know, he flunked out of university. And, you know, he would just chill out in his pad in Toronto. And the reason you may be wondering, well, how did he get by? Well, he would get by from leeching off of his mom. And he would rent out rooms in the house he, he was living in to subsidize his rent. And uh, I also remember, you know, he found out I had a line of credit, which I had just spent a year trying to pay off because I had started a business and I was trying to do it without any help from my parents, unlike him. And he ended up doing all this nonsense and uh, he found out I had a line of credit. Next thing you know, instead of getting a job and instead of getting his own credit and whatever, which shouldn't be hard to do, he starts pressuring me into letting him have $10,000, $10,000. We're in our early twenties. And that's, this isn't like the early two thousands. That's a lot of money back then. I mean, it's still even a lot of money now for fuck's sakes when I think about it, but he's trying to pressure me. After I slaved away trying to pay off this debt, and I finally paid it off, he tries to pressure me into lending him $10,000 for my line of credit. 
Um, and then he starts guilt tripping me when I avoid him. Cause like back then I was too much of a bitch to say no. So I would just avoid him. Um, and he starts guilt, guilt tripping me on not lending him 10 G's. Meanwhile, his fat, fat, fat fucking ass sat at home eating hamburgers and leeching off of everybody instead of getting a job like the rest of us. So yeah, what a great friend he was. Um, and then just little things like to, this was dating back a long time ago before I left Toronto you know, I, I wanted to, you know, we, we used to go, we had gone on a couple of vacations together. Uh, and one of the times I wanted, you know, we were, we'd planned to go to Cuba. We were going to go to uh, do a trip to Cuba together. And, you know, we talked about it for months. I'm not even exaggerating. We literally talked about it for months and leading up to the trip in the, in the month and a half that prior to when we were supposed to go or two months prior to when we were supposed to go, um, pursuant to the trip, one of my teeth was kind of getting irritated and I realized, you know, I thought it would be prudent to have my wisdom teeth taken out because I didn't want to go, be in, be on a vacation and have a toothache or any, any issues with my teeth. So I spent a ton of money getting my wisdom teeth out. Um, and it was actually quite invasive because my wisdom teeth were impacted. So they had to literally like drill along the side of my mouth and do this minor, almost minor surgery to extract the teeth. And I did that specifically for the trip, believe it or not. Because I didn't, there wasn't really a rush to get my my wisdom teeth extracted. Um, so, with that being said, I got my teeth out, and you know it was probably like a month and a half before we had scheduled to leave on this trip. Even though we hadn't booked it yet, we were gonna like book it for the following month. And I find I started pressing him like, okay, man, we gotta book this trip, and he he keeps blowing me off, and I'm like, and changing the subject, and finally I'm like, hey, dude, I pretty planned for this trip. We talked about it for months. I've now taken time off work. I guess this asshole doesn't understand what work is like at a job. Um, and I, you know, what does he do? He's like, Oh, he's like, Oh, you know what? Um, why don't we just go in June? And I'm like, wait, huh? I can't like, what are you talking about? We spent all this time planning this thing and you're just like blowing it off. And like, and it was amazing. Like the, the thoughtlessness, he just didn't care. He was just, he was basically like, backing out of it and pretending like, and when I called him out on it, he was pretending like we never even um, really planned anything. I mean, I, I guess that's the, I don't know if he's a sociopath, but it was like, holy shit, how can you do that to somebody, man? You you make plans. You make plans with somebody to do something and they rely on those plans and they move all these pieces of their life's puzzle around to accommodate those plans. And then after that person invests all their time planning you just flake like so that's what this kind of guy is right and you know that was one thing and like i said there's that thing where i you know he tried to borrow ten thousand dollars from my line of credit because he has shitty credit and he's too fat and lazy to get his own job and there's this other time i was like with my girlfriend at the time and uh dude like we drove to so i went to ottawa to visit my friends and, you know, I grew up in Ottawa, so I have a gazillion very close relationships there and very limited time. And, you know, unlike this fat oaf, my friends have something called jobs. They have jobs. And what does that mean? It means they're not, fr they're not free whenever, but we were very, you know, when I, so when I go there, um, we have to coordinate, I have to coordinate and plan with my friends and they want to see me. I want to see them. So we have to do something that you can't, you don't have to do when you're, 15 years old, which is I have to make plans with them. And 
you know, unfortunately, I only make plans with a certain small group of people because I just don't have enough time to see everybody. And so this asshole, Jason, um, you know, I make plans to see him. And again, when I make plans to see him, I make those plans at the expense of seeing somebody else that I would love to see because I can only see so many people. And so what does he do? Like I'm supposed to see him one day during my trip there. And what is what does he do? Like with like half hour before I'm supposed to meet him, he just fucking flakes on me. He's like, oh well, uh, you know, I'm I have a cold. And here's where it gets better, right? Like every time I would go to Ottawa, he would volunteer for me to stay at his house. And the funny part is, and he'd done this to me at least once, like a day before, two days before, or three days before me flying up there, he would like pretend that he never even invited me to stay with his house. And the thing is, you have to understand how fucked up that is. Can you imagine somebody's coming from a different country, you invite them to stay at their house, they say okay, and then like a day or two before you're about to fly up, they either pretend they never said that, or they act like you can't stay there anymore. Or they say you can't stay there anymore, and it's like, do you realize how you fuck people up by doing that? Because they... Now they're relying on your promise to do something and now you're changing the plan on them. And when you think of when you listen to me speak about this asshole, you kind of realize he has this consistent pattern of just saying whatever without any thought or regard as to how that person might actually t- rely on that promise. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm, I, became, I was kind of smartened up by those Ottawa trips where so I wouldn't even... You know, whenever he'd give me this song and dance, oh, stay with me, I, I would say no thanks. Um, but I remember this one trip, so, you know, I was supposed to meet him for lunch or sometime during the day, and, yeah, like half an hour before, he just flakes on me. He's like, oh, I'm not feeling well, I have a cold, I can't meet you. And I'm like, you're such a fucking idiot, I doubt you have a cold. <laughs> like, fuck off, man, you didn't have a cold, like, yesterday. But anyway, so no problem, man. Like, so that kind of, you know, that screws me out of seeing another friend I would have wanted, but that's fine. I'll take you. I'll take him at his word. He has a cold, but here's where it gets better. So I don't even bother trying to reschedule with him. You know, I have a whole list of things to do. I now drive over to Montreal the following day, or the following days after. And here's where it gets better. So my trip is now on its end, towards the end of it. I'm supposed to drive back now from Montreal to Toronto, um, where I was going to spend the night at a friend's house. And I'm driving from Montreal to Toronto. Now, for those of you listening, you probably don't know the geography super well of the highways. But when you go from Montreal to Toronto, you don't pass. You don't have to pass through Ottawa. There's a faster way to drive. So on my way back, on my way driving, I'd completed my time in Ottawa. I was finishing up in Montreal. So now I was going to drive back with my girlfriend to Toronto. And I was going to be getting there fairly late at night, you know, like 10 o'clock. And I was going to be staying with a friend of mine. And like I said, at this age, all my friends fucking work. (laughs) Like they're not chilling out at home, staring at the ceiling. Like they work. So everybody has to, everything requires planning. You're going to, if you're younger listening to this program, your friends aren't going to be as accessible as you grow up, or at least everything's going to require planning. Even phone calls and catching up requires fucking planning these days with people. And so while I'm driving back, 
from Montreal to Toronto, I'm not going to be passing through Ottawa. What does Jason do? He calls me up on my way back, driving from Montreal to Toronto. Jason calls me from Ottawa saying, hey, why don't you guys pass through here so I can I can see you and say hi? And I'm like, uh, well, no, I'm driving to to Toronto. He's like, come on, man, it's 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 on your way. You can make it on your way. I'm like, no, it's not. He's like, no, man, just come. And he's trying to pressure me to pass through Ottawa to see him. Never mind the fact that my friend Mark in Toronto is waiting for us. And if I pass through Ottawa now, which will take hours of detour, um, it's going to be even super late. And it just shows you the fucking absolute selfishness and disregard for this guy. This guy has for everybody everybody's time and whatever, because it's like the, he thinks the fucking world revolves around him and therefore everybody else's world should buckle to his too. And that's, he's a true, the more I talk to you guys, the more I'm realizing what a fucking sociopath this guy was. And, um, I just found it amazing. And like, even my girlfriend at the time, she's like, who, she's so easy to get along with. She likes everybody, you know, she fucking she started disliking these this guy. She's like, who the fuck is this guy? Like he he blow he flakes on you when he had a chance to see you in Ottawa, and now he wants us to completely rearrange our schedule at the last minute to to see him. Like it's not like we're passing through Ottawa on the way back. Like even she couldn't process his fucking complete selfishness. Um. And so, yeah, like, just think about these stupid things he did. One of the worst things he, he ever fucking did to me was uh, I had at my, a different girlfriend I had at the time from Mexico. She was spending the summer with me in Ottawa. And then these other two girls also from Mexico were up visiting Ottawa. And then um, my friend JT was with me. And so... We all we were all in Ottawa. We're all from Ottawa and the three Mexican girls, and we thought, okay, let's let's take a, a weekend trip to Toronto. And what's fascinating is, this is you guys are not even going to believe this fucking story, and you're probably going to start realize you're going to start wondering how how on earth I've been friends with this fucking fuckhead so long. So check this out. We're in Ottawa. We want to go to Toronto, and partly. It's because Jason's saying, hey, come visit Toronto. You know, you stay with me. And this is before I had moved there, obviously, right? This is when I'm still living in undergrad. This is still in Toronto. Uh, when I'm living in Ottawa, he lives in Toronto this time. Keeps inviting us. Let's come on up to Toronto. You guys stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. So, you know, we plan. We do. Our, we rent a car. Me, JT, and the three girls. We rent a car. Um, we plan the weekend. We pack the car up. This isn't a last minute thing. This this has been, been planned for like a week and a half, two weeks. We start driving to Toronto. And and this is before the by the way, this is before the days where you could like you know, this is before the days of having internet on a cell phone. This is before this is preexpedia.com, right? Like you you couldn't just hop on your cell phone and quickly book a hotel somewhere. And you didn't have maps and shit like that on your phones. So we were going from Ottawa to Toronto. And, you know, it's about a four or five hour drive on a Friday. And, you know, it's getting late and he, we were supposed to stay at his house. So we have no alternative um, accommodations. Okay. So we end up driving 
and it's like nighttime. It's probably like, I'm going to say 9.30, maybe 9.30, 9.45 at night, and we're driving there. And I hadn't heard from him throughout the drive. I had a cell phone. I hadn't heard from him, which kind of surprised me, but I thought, you know, he maybe he's working. And I, you know, I start calling him, and I, I'm getting no answer. <clears throat> and, you know, we don't know. For those of you that have been to Toronto, Toronto is a very big, heavy, thick, dense, and complicated city if you've never been there before. And even more complicated if you don't have fucking GPS, which we didn't have a rental in a rental car back then. And like I said, phone phones didn't have like Google Maps and shit like that. So you better know your way around the city or you're fucked. Because even a map's not going to help you very much in the nighttime, right? Um, so we're, I'm probably like an hour and a half from Toronto at this point, and it's getting to be late at night, he finally fucking calls me, and he's at some call center he's working at, I can't recall, he was, he had some weird job, and he calls me, he's like, oh, hey, man, how's it going, and uh, I'm like, well, hey, man, well, we're on our way, we're gonna, we should be there soon, like, what time are you gonna be home at, he's like, oh, yeah, um, so where are you guys staying, and I was like, and this is me driving the car, I'm like, wait, 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 what? (laughs) like what 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 do you mean where are we staying and honestly so basically the conversation after that was he's like oh i haven't had a chance to clean up my place it's kind of messy so you guys can't stay with me now picture this it's not even just me he's fucking over there are five people okay three tourists okay Three Mexican <laughs> girls for like who traveled there from Mexico, including my girlfriend. By the way, he knew all three of them. And when he had come down and visited me in Mexico, all three of these girls had treated him like gold. They had opened their house to him. One of them, his fat ass, got drunk and he even threw up in her fucking car. Like, that's not embarrassing. Um, you know, they had driven him around town. They'd done so much for him. Because Mexico, if you've been in Mexico, or I've lived there, they're the most amazing human beings you'll ever meet. The way that Mexicans treat people are, it's like gold. These people are like the best quality humans I've ever met. And I was now paying it forward. I was paying it back, I should say. Because, you know, they were now visiting Ottawa. I wanted to show them an amazing time. And he deserved, he owed it to them too, to be honest with you. But what does he do instead? He just fucking pretends like he never made plans or like just cancels on us when we're like late at night going to Toronto and almost there. And now what are we supposed to do? Like, what are we supposed to do? We can't just hop on our cell phones and book a fucking hotel. So you can imagine it's like super late at night. We don't know where we are in Toronto and we're trying to find a fucking hotel by walking into hotels and asking them if they have rooms and how much they are. Total shit show, right? Like I couldn't believe and here's where it gets better. Like, we finally find a hotel, you know, we shake it off, we wake up, and guess what? Asshole call. I'm just going to call him asshole from now on. Asshole calls me the next morning. Well, I shouldn't even say next morning while we're getting ready. He's like, well, why don't you guys wait there? I'm going to come over um, and we can go out and do some stuff and go to breakfast. And I'm thinking, right, right away, I'm like, huh? You want us to now wait? And this is after what had happened in like Miami. I'm like, you guys want, wait, you want all of us to now, after you fuck us over, you want us to all wait for you to come here? Like, I, you're probably not going to come here until, like, fucking 5 p.m. And we're going to waste our time. Like, the the nerve of this guy, right? 
And I just get pissed even rehashing it. But that's what this guy, this is what what this fucking asshole is all about. And um, I I could tell you more stories, but these are some of the pivotal ones which I reflect upon and I wonder, how the fuck did I tolerate this asshole over the years? You know, these are really like kind of unforgivable things, frankly. Um, And that's a testament to not my loyalty, but perhaps my inability to stand up for myself because I'm the kind of guy that I always want to, I always fault myself when these things happen because it's, it's, it's for me to stand up for myself. It's for me to protect myself. And when I don't do that, if I don't do that, that's on me. That's not on anybody. That's on me. Um, so with that being said, um, you know, it just got to a point where, you know, he'd call, you know, in, in recent years, he'd call all the time. And I just, I just had enough with him. Like, I think the breaking point was 2017. I had gone back to Ottawa for a friend's wedding and I was just so over his bullshit and how much of a flake he was. I decided that when I would go back to Ottawa, I just wouldn't tell him anymore because I didn't want to have to even hear him make plans to see me because I had other friends I'd rather see than him, first of all. And secondly, I don't want to waste my valuable time making plans with somebody who's probably going to fucking flake on me anyway. And so my last trip to Ottawa, <clears throat> like I said, in 2017, I uh, I didn't bother telling him I was going because I was like, you know what? Fuck this guy. I, I, I'm here for a wedding. I'm part of the wedding party. I was helping with the wedding. So it was going to be super busy as it is. And uh, if, if I have time somehow, after I've seen all my other friends with whom I'm much closer with, then maybe I'll call him. So he was like la- the last on my list kind of thing. And I guess word got back to him that I was there. Um, Otto was a small place. And, you know, I get a call from him. Of course, I'm super busy. I'm at a, wet- I'm at a fucking wedding. Um, like helping with the wedding, doing fo- photographs, whatever. He calls me, I don't answer. What does he do after I don't answer? I get a fucking text message from him saying, it's your phone. And I text him back. I'm like, I'm at a wedding. I'm fucking busy. <laughs> like, He's like, I keep calling you. Your phone sucks. Your phone's broken. Get a new phone service. And I'm thinking, this is the same guy, by the way, where he, there's something wrong with him mentally, where he literally gets a new phone number almost every month. In fact, just last week, I'm not even making this up. He gets so many new phone numbers, and I guess it's part of his psychological, whatever mental problem he has. He literally called me from one new phone number I'd never seen before. And then when I didn't answer, he followed up by texting me from a completely different phone number. I'm like, there's something really fucked with this guy. So he starts like going off on me for not answering my phone, even though I told him in the middle of a fucking wedding. And that's when I I really realized, that was my awakening. I'm like, wow, this guy, this motherfucker who never has a job, he has nothing going on in his life. He thinks he has control over me. It's as though he thinks he has some sort of ownership ability. Like, he has me under his thumb where how dare I don't answer his phone. Like, dude, and I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, I have one missed call from this fat fuck. I have one missed call and you're telling me how come I never answer my phone? You've called me once, you fat fuck. And it's like, my phone service sucks. Dude, my phone is with T-Mobile and it's connected in Canada to Bell, the Bell Network, which is like the the Verizon for Canada. It's like the most big, and yet he's buying the all these flaky, cheap ass 
cell phone plans from clandestine companies and my phone doesn't work, I have one missed call and you're like, I never answer any of your calls. Like, so I literally just lost it. I was already stressed out enough that week. I just lost, I just fucking told them off. I said, unlike you, unlike you, Jason, some of us has, are actually doing things in the day and we're busy. We don't answer the phone just because it's convenient for you. And he started going off. That's when he started like going off on me. He's like, oh, I lost all respect for you after our trip to Acapulco. And it's like, we went to Acapulco two decades ago, fat fuck. Like, so wait, you haven't respected me for 20 years and yet you've talked to me and called me every day. Like, go fuck yourself. So I ha- I had this long text I was about to send to him about how, you know, all of his friends are actually, the two friends he has are actually my friends and they both fucking think he's a loser too. And then my girlfriend at the time, she's like, don't send that. Don't send that. Just leave it, man. Like I probably just has a shitty life and he does, you know, he's, Again, he's in his 40s. He's never really had a real job. He just lies about his job. So that is Mr. Jason in a nutshell, a 20-minute nutshell. Um, and so, you know, after some back and forth, you know, of him, like, kind of, like, dissing me, he's like, lose my number. I'm like, fucking gladly. Like, go fuck yourself. And so, you know, we didn't talk for, like, six or seven months and then you know gradually he started trying to text me again and reopen the door for a friendship and I just ignored him because I was like I just it gave me enough time to think about what a loser he was in so many regards you know this is the same guy by the way like here's how fucked up he is he literally like in I think it was 2016 he called me telling me how he he's he's dying um the doctor misdiagnosed something and he's literally dying and he doesn't know how much time he has left to live and, and I'm like, huh? I mean, and, and I kid you not, like two months later, when I talked to him again, I'm like, dude, what happened? Like, so what happened to your illness? Like you said, you're dying. He's like, huh? I'm like, I never said that. And I was thinking, holy shit, dude, you told our friend JT the same thing. He's like, I never said that. So this is how fucked up this guy is. Like he literally was going around telling people he was dying and he was on his deathbed. Um, and to two months later, he act, he was acting as though he had never said it. And then when I looked retrospectively, like there's something really psychologically fucked with this guy. Um, and so, you know, he tried to, so in recent years, he's he's been calling me and texting me, trying to, you know, and every time I would never answer, I would never answer because I'm like over this guy. Because he'd always just, when I would talk to him, he would just fucking make up some lie about some huge oil deal he was working on in China which is all bullshit because this guy hasn't had two nickels to rub together in his life, but he's working on some multi-million dollar oil deal. No, he's not. Stop lying. And he'd, he'd end every conversation with about how he's going to pay for me to go with him on some expensive, all-inclusive vacation. When am I free? And it's like, dude, it's you're pissing me off with your lies. You don't have five cents to rub together and you're pretending like you're going to buy me a vacation. Do you realize you're doing the same shit Right. So, um, that's him, man. And now, now he's back in full force and what ended up happening on Friday. Now that, you know, the background where I've just, you know, every time he would call nowadays, like in the last year and a half, I never, I've never, I never answer. And I will, he's like, Hey man, I'm calling you what's going on. And I, you know what I, I started doing? I'm like, you know what? He's such a liar. I'm going to start being a liar to him because it's going to, it's going to be fun. I would just make up shit like he would. Like I'd say, oh, I can't answer. I'm I'm overseas. He's like, oh, what are you doing? And I'd say, and I would just make up some lie. Like, 
oh, I'm involved with a multinational company doing an international business deal. I'm over in the Philippines. He's like, oh, wow. Like, he'd believe me. And I, I thought, man, this is, it's actually fun. It was almost like revenge. It was actually fun just lying to this guy. So every time he'd call, I would just text back saying, oh, I can't answer. I'm in this country. I'm in that country. He's like, wow, man, good for you. Like, he actually believed me. And it was so fucking hilarious. I'm like, no, what? I'm, I'm like, I wonder if this is the perverse fun he has when he lies about shit. So <laughs> anyways, finally this week he calls. So he ends up sending, dude, he ends up fucking Friday after he calls me from one number and texts me from another. He ends up sending me this huge long letter in Facebook um, let me read it for you if, if you, if I may, cause it's, there's a, you know, it's almost like a denouement to this whole thing that's been brewing. And I was, I was, I wasn't going to read it at first. Like I saw an incoming message from him and I thought, oh man, I bet you it's something negative. It's probably something where he's all pissed that I'm not answering his phone. Cause he's this kind of guy where he thinks he owns me. So check it out. Here's what he writes. Hey, Mr. International, it would be nice to talk. I've done a lot of reflection and just wanted to apologize for my selfish ways and you being a friend despite that. I was clueless to certain things and ignorant. I'm actually starting counseling next week as my vices have been my crutch and escape. I did this to myself and my biggest regret is that I didn't make it to a special event that you had in California. You always gave me good advice and were patient. I failed to see my nuances which upset you as a friend with my tardiness and selfishness. I apologize again for all the stuff I said. There was a reason why you treated me the way you did, and I don't blame you. You showed me kindness and welcomed me to Mexico and gave me amazing memories. I'm reaching out to my real friends and apologize. I can only hope that you forgive me for my ignorance and selfishness. I just wanted to also vocalize my gratitude and appreciation for all the memories and welcoming me to Mexico, brother. Your patience is inspiration to me. I'm still amazed as to how you were such a friend despite our vast difference in maturity and discipline, bro. Time for a great new friendship. Pardon me. Time for a great new future and good relationships. I was literally driving down Carling and took Holly Acres to Richmond Road yesterday and it brought back such nice memories of uh, our high school days. How are you handling the situation? I've heard LA has gotten pretty bad right now, based on what I've heard Joe Rogan and others talking. Is it true about homeless people? Blah, 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 blah. And here he ends it with, I will set up a nice trip for us all once we are allowed to travel outside of Canada. And I'm thinking, dude, I didn't know what to say. For, like, It's interesting, right? Because I think... Something like, I used to be such a sentimental guy, sentimental guy. Had I read something like that from him or somebody else some time ago, I would have felt nice. It would have been a nice gesture and felt heart, something in my heart. But it was interesting when I read this. I think it's the first time in my life somebody's ever read some, written something like this where I felt, not that I get a lot of letters like that, but where I felt literally nothing. Like I felt, didn't feel joy. I didn't feel sadness. I didn't feel nostalgia. I felt nothing. I'm like, okay. I just felt like I was reading from something that a third person wrote that wasn't even written to me. I'm like, yeah. And it was interesting because I've never, I, I'm, I can be an emotional guy and it, it brought nothing to me. Um, but I was kind of, 
and maybe in part it's because of the way he ended it with the same bull. He claims he's turning a leaf, but here he is propagating the same bullshit of, I will take us on a trip. Bitch, you don't even have five cents to your fucking name. Stop lying, right? So I ended it. anyway, I, didn't, I wasn't going to reply, and I thought, okay, so after a, a day, I finally replied yesterday. And so I replied as such. Thanks for the nice message. Over the years, as I've matured, I never want to say grown up as I hope to still have fun and act like a kid most of the time. I've reevaluated how I view things and especially whom I interact with. In my own never-ending journey of self-improvement, it became impossible to better myself and still allow people into my circle that were less than the best quality of people, at least in terms of uh, what I at this point define as quality. I think from all of my relationships... And as you know, I have a fairly large friend and acquaintance base due to my extensive travels, business dealings, clients, etc. My friendship with you was put on the chopping block as in recent years, I started analyzing many of the things that you had done were absolutely unapologetic for and which which had negatively impacted me. Since we had been friends for so long and since I am usually a very loyal friend, I often brushed aside much of your behavior crediting it to the goodwill that had built up over time. And anyways, I'd wrote more shit where I started digging into him. And uh, unfortunately, Facebook, because electronics don't work well around me, Facebook magically just didn't send it and deleted it. So anyways, we ended up going back and forth, and he ended up fucking blaming me for some of it. He's like, well, you know, you acted wrong too. It's two-way street. And it's like, so I fucking, when he said that, and he wasn't saying it with malice. Um, frankly, he's like in introspect, he's like in that being said, I took, he took a deep introspection of himself and, you know, he's to blame for most of it, but I, I, I decided because I've had so much of this carrying around on me, I was carrying around somewhere. I just wanted to go off on him. So I ended up writing like, sure, I'm willing to talk, but trying to throw any blame on me, you gotta be fucking kidding. I'm like, you had a terrible habit of using people, even your friends. I'm excited to hear what things you think I did wrong as a friend. Like, what did I do wrong? You mean the time you wanted me to give you $10,000 as a loan because you were too lazy to get a job? Yeah, what a terrible friend I was. I'll talk with you. And just the countless times you you wronged me, and you can apologize for each one. I'll be more than happy to listen to what you think I did wrong ever. Sorry, man but you don't have any right to have any grievances whatsoever towards me when I tell you all the shit that you've done over the years. You'll probably be shocked and probably won't even realize you were doing what you were doing. I'm guessing you're in some sort of 12-step program right now where they've told you to reach out to your friends and make amends. I'm willing to listen, but this will go nowhere if you think for one second you have any grievances towards me after all the shit I put up with. So anyways, there's a bit of back and forth with that. And he still tries to stay humble in his responses. And I won't bore you with the details. But at one point, he's like, hey, don't expect, don't, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. I'm like, dude, who the fuck are you? I literally, I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are to mistake kindness for weakness? You were, you've been taking my, my kindness for weakness for the lot, our whole fucking lives, man. And now I have a voice, so deal with it. So he, it's, it's interesting. He may, he remained instead of getting mad about it, 
he actually maintained diplomatic. He's like, look, I'm trying to be humble here, man. I just want to, I don't want it to be adversarial for no reason. I just want to talk with you. So anyways, I said, okay, well, I'll talk to you when I'm, I have time. I said, at this day and age of life, we, people just don't have time to talk in the middle of the day. Um, so I said, you know, you can either talk, I'm, I'll talk, I can talk to you tonight when I'm free after dinner. And if not, maybe next weekend, um, I'm busy in the week. He's like, okay, I understand. Blah, blah, blah. So that's the deal. And you know what, man, I can't wait to talk with him. Cause I think it'll be very therapeutic for me. Cause you know, clearly while I'm kind of over this guy, when I think about him, I, I think negatively and it'll be nice to just give him a piece of my mind for all the things I wish I could have given him a piece of my mind for when he was doing those things. Um, so I think that'll be healthy for me. I don't care about him. Um, I don't plan to resume a friendship with him. Um, he, he has to go on his own journey and that's with, that's going to be without me as it's already been without me. Um, I appreciate that he's reaching out to try to be friends with me, but, um, I only associate with certain caliber of people and he's not one of them. Uh, he, that's, that's, and that's fine, man. Certain, you have to ask yourself too, the listener, you know, certain friendships, they have a season and those seasons change and it's okay. You know? Um, so it is what it is as they like to, you guys like to say here in LA. So I'll talk to the motherfucker and it'll, but I'm going to talk to him for me and he can apologize all he wants, but I really don't give a shit about his apology. Uh, I really care about me being able to just fucking <laughs> tell him all the shit I wish I could have, but I didn't have the courage to when I was younger. So anyways, I appreciate you guys listening. <laughs> this is a long podcast, wasn't it? But, uh, you know, it's good. I hope you guys get something from this. You know, maybe you have a friend in your life. I use the term friend loosely, obviously. Maybe you have someone in your life that's negative to you or negative for you. And you're tolerating, tolerating, tolerating. You know, find your voice. Speak up, man. Like, walk away. You know, fr- fr- friends are either good friends or they're not. And if they're not good friends, don't stop calling them friends and stop fucking doing them favors. So that's my lesson for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Hardcore Rules. And I will talk to you on the next one.